I'm Danielle Houston. I'm the host of this podcast, The Checkup. Uh, It's been a little while since I've been around with an episode, and that would be because life has had a multitude of changes, and I can't find my little tiny headphones today, so this is the version that you're going to get because said headphones are somewhere in some box, but I am really excited to be rolling back in and sharing some content with all of you. And I'm very excited about this episode. It is something that's close to my heart. And, uh, you know, the more we get into this, we could probably make a lot of jokes about it. Uh, But before I get too deep, I'm going to introduce Stephanie Baston Wells. She is an HR leader. And I met her in Oregon at an HR conference where she was leading a session called, and I feel like we should add a drum roll in here, she's the hottest woman in the office, literally. And by title alone, I'm like, I really, really need to go sit and listen to this. But in reading, of course, the description and what we were actually talking about, there's a lot of us that can relate to this, and it's menopause. So, Stephanie welcome. Thank you you. for joining today. Um, Let's start with maybe the obvious question. What was interesting to you about leading a session in front of a group of people talking about menopause? Um, Well, hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me today. Um, It was was unexpected, I think, uh, would be the right word. I, um, I don't proclaim to be a medical professional. I have been in the space of HR my entire career, which is coming up sort of 30 years in practice. And um, I would, there's a lot of things I'm good at, organizational development, HR, leadership. Yes. Uh, menopause, hot flashes, brain fog, not so much. I didn't realize that this was going to be my, my new space. Um, however, having come out of a trip, I took a trip overseas late last year, um, or yeah, it was late last year. And I met up with some friends that were my age and we were having this discussion and all of them, it was very international crowd, but all of them, um, in their respective countries had been going through organizational menopause training. And I was the only HR person in that conversation. And I was, um, gobsmacked by the fact that there was such a thing as mandatory menopause training. And so, From a professional point of view, um, it was an indicator that this legislation is coming and it's something we need to ready ready ourselves for. From a personal point of view, uh, I learned a lot in that conversation from the trainings that they'd had and realized how much I didn't know about this stage in life, perimenopause specifically, so those years that lead up to menopause and how much it impacts us at work um, as women. So coming back to the States, I decided to dig in a little bit and do some research for my own edification, but also um, I feel like there's just a, there's a void of information in this space and I'm networked enough at this stage in my career that I thought I needed to start making some noise. So how did it feel to present in front of a group of people? Um, It was a bit shocking that I was the expert in the room because I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Um, I was very encouraged by the response that I received in the session and since. Um, And I think it's the beginning of a whole new chapter for me and being a bit of a spokesperson in this space. It is needed. 
And I was also surprised to see the number of people in that room and the makeup because my first inclination was it's going to be a room full of women. And I love that. Great. We can talk about all kinds of things, right? Um, But to see the men in the room, I was really surprised. And I do think that's a testament to this really does impact all of us. If if you have a man in your life, whether it is a son, a husband, a, a brother, whomever, um, what we experience in this part of our life, it certainly impacts the people around us. The more we can pull out some of that mystery, I think the better off we'll all be. So how challenging was your research? You come back home from this trip, you're having great conversation and you come back here and you get on the Google. What was that like? Yeah, it, it's a really good question. I think what I was most surprised about was the inability to um, it's certified in this space. So, you know, as an HR person, um, the different fields of study that I've embarked on in my career, I've been able to achieve some, um, credentials against, right? So if I'm going to stand up in front of hundreds and thousands of people and talk about something. I feel like I have a responsibility to be certified or recognized. And I couldn't find anything in America that would allow me to get the certification without being a registered medical professional or a CNA, um, so that was fascinating to me. The other thing that I was, you know, encouraged by is that this is trending. And Oprah's talking about menopause. The New York Times tends to have an article around menopause in the workplace every four to six weeks. That's a headliner. Um, it's it's out there. It's trending. People are starting to talk about it, um, but it's scattered. And I think it it's not in front of society yet the way that menopausal women deserve it to be, if you will. Um, So the research wasn't hard to do. It was just interesting that it was my responsibility to pull it together and to kind of wrap it in a format that made it relevant for my peers. Um, I'm surprised that that thought, thought leadership isn't already out there considering that, you know, women have been going through menopause since the beginning of time. And we right. still don't have a language for it. It's still taboo. It's it's fascinating to me that lots and lots of sound bites out there, but no real force yet of legislation or recognition that gives this population voice. Yeah. So it, it is really interesting. I mean, I'll I'll share a little bit of my experience. And you know, if you'd like to share a little of yours, I'm sure people would love to hear it. Um I come from women who um, had hysterectomies when they were very, very young. And, you know, back when, you know, doctors would say, well, if you're having problems there, we just take everything out. So none of the women in my life who are, you know, that closely connected and who could share, you know, some of their experiences and maybe tell me what I could expect ever went through menopause naturally. So I really felt like I stumbled through it. And at first, when I was having symptoms that were really noticeable, I thought there was something really, really wrong with me. And I mean, it was 2020. So there was something wrong with all of this in some capacity, (laughs) you know, but I went to my doctor and said, I, I think I might be having like an early Alzheimer's onset. I mean, there's something really, really wrong with me. And from there started this conversation around, you know, what it actually could be. And maybe it's perimenopause, but beyond that, 
even blood testing, as I have discovered, really varies based on who looks at your results, how they interpret it, and how important they think it is to maybe address your symptoms. And that seems to be a really common theme in the healthcare field. Like if it's not a period or a baby or something that needs surgery, seems like there's a lot of answers out there that like, don't know, but you're fine. The the blood work says you're fine. And I'm saying, I'm not fine. I am not fine. So that's, that's what started for me. And I have probably seen four, four different doctors in the last three years. And only this last fourth one has really listened done a series of blood work that says, man, you probably should have been getting some hormone therapy like two years ago. And, you know, that is a a recent kind of a shift and a change that actually feels hopeful. Like maybe I don't have to be miserable for perhaps 10 years. Right. Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely onto it. And I think the lack of understanding as a, as a young woman, um, as a woman, I, associated hot flashes with menopause. I will know that I'm getting close to menopause when I start having hot flashes. And that was really about the extent of it. That was, and I heard that they're miserable and I have women in my life who've who've been through menopause. And so I was, I was ready for that. What I wasn't, what I wasn't prepared for was the brain fog, um, especially the brain fog in the boardroom. So I I'm speaking specifically to career women and, you know, trying to to amplify that perimenopause happens for most women um, between the ages of 45 and 55 years old. The women in that chapter of their life tend to be at the height of their careers, at the height of their earning potential. Um, they're in a position where they can really influence change and, and shift paradigms. And they can't find their words and they have brain fog and 90% of women going through perimenopause experience anxiety, like 90%. It's an incredibly compelling number. And so what's happening is we, we know our things. We've worked all of our lives to get to where we're at. And then we're questioning ourselves when we stand up there and we actually have the ability to make the change. And so that, that brain foggy, that cloud, the cloud that sort of comes over the words that just go missing, um, I, I'm not surprised at all that you went in and thought, you know, it might be early Alzheimer's because it's that's we associate that with Alzheimer's. We don't yes. associate with that men- with menopause. We don't associate bone pain, foot pain. I mean, I've learned that your the arches of your feet flatten in menopause. Like, what is that? How is that? A I thing? didn't know that. Yeah. You know, so you have this like <laughs> exacerbated sort of mm. the way that we walk changes and all of these mm. things that are happening to our bodies and nobody's talking about it. So all I'm expecting is hot flashes. But what I can tell you is I'm confused. I'm tired. Um, I have self-doubt and my body hurts, right? And not associating that um, with what my body is actually going through as a perimenopausal woman. So I think it's important. And this is where the um, sort of talking about this in the workplace is so important to me because what's happening and, you know, I sit in an HR chair where um, we make a lot of leadership change. It's, It's part of the gig. Right. And I see more and more decisions being made um, or conversations being had around women that have lost their mojo or they've Mm. lost their spark or they just don't have that thing anymore. And recognizing that the women that they're talking about are in this chapter of life. And it's very possibly something that they're going through um, physically versus something they're going through mentally or or in their career. 
Um, and I want to start making noise in this space so that those women feel as protected as the women who are starting a family or the women who are, you know, moving through a different stage of a medical event in their life, because this is as important. And every human being who had a uterus at the time of puberty will go through menopause at some stage. And most of them up to about 75% of them, they're going to have symptoms and those symptoms are going to show up and they're all different and they happen at all different times. And so being able to be sort of ready for it or to plan it, that's not a thing. It's something we need to recognize holistically and recognize that it's a complete chapter of your life. It's not a one-time event. It's not one year. It could be 10 years of your life where your body is going through this change. So um, you mentioned a good point, and I think I would love for you to share um, perimenopause definition versus menopause definition. Let's not assume that everyone who will hear this might have those kind of nailed down. Yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, the definition of menopause is the point in time 12 months after a woman's last menstrual cycle or period. That's menopause. That is sort of a pinpointed date. Perimenopause are the years that lead up to that point. So when your cycle starts to wane and then eventually stop, but all of the years up to 10 years prior to that menopausal point, that's the perimenopause chapter where all of these symptoms and all of this blah is hitting us. Um, and the lack of recognition, I, I didn't know that these were things until I started the Google search we talked about earlier and recognizing how much of my life as a mom and as a career woman and as a wife and as a daughter and all these different roles that I play and how they're all impacted by the fact that I am full on perimenopausal, right? I had no idea that those things were correlated. I thought I was just getting old. Yes. And yeah. some of the things that are so incredibly helpful are very challenging when you're experiencing those symptoms and you're so tired and you can't think straight. And the last thing you necessarily want to do is go take a walk or go get some exercise. Cause all you want to do is burrow in and sleep, or at least that's been maybe my experience more, more than yeah, yours. That's right. That's yeah. right. So I am really optimistic and I guess encouraged by some of the conversations that I'm hearing and some of what I'm seeing in the space of healthcare and employee benefits. It used to be that there were a couple of different point solutions that were very focused on fertility, pregnancy, but then stopped, you know, like that was the last possible hormonal thing, you know, that we might be challenged with. And they're starting to roll in these programs for women who are perimenopausal. And, you know, they're not very developed yet. And of course, most of them don't have a ton of time, you know, out in the street, but there is some availability. So I think it is absolutely possible in the very short future that we're going to see maybe some of those things be offered more as a package and have some availability. You've mentioned some other things though, too, that you have encouraged HR leaders to think about to incorporate in the work space. Would you share those with us? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right that, you know, benefits and the, the employee sort of offering when it comes to medical care, it's really important and um, ensuring that there is uh, 
network of professionals who are educated in the space that can help a woman with whatever avenue they want to take for treating their symptoms and that they're able to find their way to specialist guidance. And if they're not getting it from the specialist they choose, that they're empowered to find another, right? So that that is something in the benefits space that's important to look at. But I think of stepping back from that, the most important thing an organization can do is just to create awareness around it. This is real. This is important. And we as an organization understand that there are considerations that need to be made for this population that we are willing to do, right? So talking about it, giving it, giving it language. Um, if you have a, an office space, putting out just literature and information around menopause, menopause in the workplace, um, maybe different benefits offerings that your particular organization might have, and just making them available to everyone, not just to your middle-aged women, but to everyone in the workplace so that they understand what's there. Um, <clears throat> there's something to be said for those. So I work in a fully remote organization, um, and that doesn't preclude me from having an uncomfortable moment. And my organization knows that I am doing this. And so I have quite a loud language in my office, but I'm able just to say, hold up, I'm having a menopause moment. And it just takes everybody back. Or I'll walk away from a meeting. I say, I need five minutes. I just need five minutes. I'll be back. And then I turn off my camera. I walk away and I either regroup or I, you know, cool down or whatever the thing is that's happening for me. And so having the language and creating awareness is the first thing. Um, if you do have a physical office space and people gather, it's really considering how your office is set up. Um, do you have windows that open? And if so, do women going through menopause or perimenopause, do they have access to those windows? Do they sit closer to varying heat? Like can they sit next to the thermostat or next to the window or next to a fan or open air? Do they have a place that they can go? Most offices have a wellness room or a lactation room. Is that something that perimenopausal women understand they can use as well to be able to do the same thing, cool off, regroup, get their wits together in front of the board meeting, like whatever it is that they need to do. But that's their space too, that these symptoms are just as important um, as the other uh, symptoms that we use wellness rooms for. So really just thinking about how the office is designed and making sure that it's conducive to women who, who need help and support. Um, I think that's, that's an important part of engagement. Um, if your company is a company that has uniforms, right? Do you have an extra uniform set in every single size available to women because life happens, menopause happens. Hot flashes are real, y'all. They are real. And a lot of times a closed change is necessary. Um, bleeding, all of these things that can happen. Do you have backup supplies for women so that they have a safe place to be able to say, hey, I, I need a, I need another set of clothes or something and just making sure that you have that. And if you do have uniforms, do they breathe? Are you picking, you know, breathable fabrics, those sorts of things. So these are just considerations that I don't know if they're being thought about the way that they should be. And I really encourage organizations to do that. And then last but not least, it's the protection, it's the policies, it's the handbook. It's making sure a lot of the uh, symptoms that we have as perimenopausal women are actually covered with some of the legislation that's already out there, but being really explicit about it and making it clear that going through perimenopause is not going to preclude somebody from developing in their career or growing and just making sure that speaking about it in black and white, um, perimenopause is a consideration in this workplace. So those sorts of things, I think beyond just what benefits are available for employees, um, and a lot of those don't cost any money. Um, it's just a matter of just stepping back and considering what's being offered. 
Right. All very good points. And I think the more women uh, like you and I, or other women who start feeling comfortable talking about this in a workplace too, is really the starting point. Um, I had an incident, an incident, a menopause moment uh, a year or so ago, and I was supposed to be in the office for a meeting and, you know, it was with some leadership that was in town and about the time I was about to walk out the door, I feel the furnace flip on (laughs) inside, you know, and it was one of those moments too, where I'm like, oh, I feel it. And I know what's going to happen. And I had to change my clothes before I left. You know, it was one of those. I, I can't, I can't get in the car like this and, uh, I need to, <laughs> need to mop myself off yeah. and all of, all the way into the office. I was just dreading what, you know, what am I going to say? And I didn't want to lie. Right. Like, Oh, you know, I, I, whatever excuse that I could make up. So I walked in the room, two other men in it. And I said, Hey guys, I'm really sorry I'm late, but I had a hot flash and (laughs) I had to change my clothes before I left and bless their hearts. I mean, the look on their face at first was like, you know, a little uncomfortable, not sure what to say. And, and then, uh, the one, the one man says, that does sound really terrible. Don't worry about it. Glad you're here. (laughs) So, which I, which I thought was probably the best possible response, but you know, how often are we in situations where we feel like we can just talk about it and say it's what, what is happening. And I'm certainly leaning more toward the side of, I want to talk about this with everybody. That's right. And the more we talk about it, the less taboo it will become. And so, um, you know, I, I hate to say it's on us and it's kind of on us to show up and to be loud and proud about the chapter that we're in to talk about how it's impacting us and then to celebrate the fact that we're getting through it. We just need some moments. The thing about perimenopause is it's not just going to remove you from life for 10 years. It's something that we live to where we work. What's the word I'm looking for? We (laughs) learn to sort of live through, adapt through, adjust, um, and and just go. Finding whatever (laughs) language, right? Finding a way to talk about what's happening to your body. Why does it matter? And making sure that you're seen and heard and protected in that time, right? Yes. Very. It's going to force the change. Very important. Um, That will force the change. People like you out there starting to make change in your sphere and influence the space that you're in. Um, I hope the ripple effect is deep and, and wide and starts much bigger broader conversations around this part of life. Uh, I agree. I mean, nobody ever congratulates you for going through menopause, right? I mean, we, we give all of this attention to the other life stages that we go through. So you transition Mm -hmm. from a girl to a woman, you get your first bra, you have your first kiss, you have your first period, you know, people throw you parties and they give you presents, right? Then you go through menopause. It's been totally hidden. It's a completely taboo conversation that our, my mom didn't talk to me about like women haven't discussed it because it's been so embarrassing. Yeah. And it's the, you know, we're on the cusp of something really interesting. Um, One of the things that I know I said when um, I spoke and you saw me at the conference was, you know, women who are no longer shopping for tampons are out there running countries. They're running businesses. They're acting in Hollywood movies. They're writing award-winning books right? They're, they're crashing through these glass ceilings. We spent a third of our life post-menopausal. So this Mm -hmm. is just a chapter 
It doesn't stop anything. It shouldn't, it shouldn't cost us the success and the development that we have in our life. And we have a responsibility to make this transition more comfortable for everyone, for the people who are going through it and the people who are witnessing the change. And I think that it's going to be really trans transformational over the next few years as the legislation comes in and starts to back us up um, and will really um, em embellish and promote women in leadership and to protect them at this really pivotal time when they might be questioning themselves. So I'm yeah. really passionate about this because it's, it's a real opportunity space that we have an opportunity to change. I am with you. I believe in it. And I, I love gravitating toward women too, who will openly talk about it because it feels like this mystery and I'm still trying to solve it. And I'm trying yeah. to, you know, like, Hey, if you want to talk about it, can you tell me what worked for you? Or, you know, do you sometimes just want to rip someone's face off for no good reason other than just like, there was a moment where all of a sudden you just felt so irritated. And these were all some of the mysteries that I've you know, the more I can unravel them, the more they also feel manageable, right? Like uh, there's nothing wrong with me. There's yeah. a, there's a trend. And there are community level. spaces for women to, to lean into as well. One of my favorites is it's called Perry.com. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a network of uh, women in menopausal or perimenopausal spaces, just asking the questions, is this normal? Am I okay? Um, what do you do to be able to cope with this particular thing? You know, are you losing your hair too? These sorts of things. And all of these women come in and they're like, it got you like, yes. And it's totally normal and you'll get through it. And here's some remedies you might want to consider and lots of platforms in that space. So I encourage women to find each other to keep that dialogue going as well. So they feel, you know, normal, um, yeah. and keep the conversation going. A village of women is powerful. So, you know, I, I would say cheers to shattering some more glass ceilings and pushing some momentum along here to get some change and some visibility in some different ways so that uh, women can own this part of their lives a little differently too. You know, maybe my daughter won't be talking about it like this when she, when she reaches that point in her life, that would be amazing. 100%. Yeah. So if other HR leaders want to connect with you or someone else who is really interested in this topic and maybe uh, would like to have you speak or brainstorm or write some legislation, uh, where's, where's the best place they can reach you? Uh, probably through LinkedIn. It's just under my name, Stephanie Baston hyphen Wells. Um, I, I am, pretty well connected on there. And I think a lot of people have sort of found me and invited me in through there. I'm, I'm not published anywhere. I'm just starting to, not yet. Of, I'm, I'm starting this movement, if you will, of just making sure, especially HR leaders, but the business leaders understand that this is real, this is important. And we, we need to be paying attention. Um, but if anybody's interested, I'm more than happy to, to engage in this conversation. I think it's really important. Love it. I, I agree with you. And um, this is going to be live on World Menopause Awareness Day. And I had no idea that was even a day. I probably, you know, October never 18th. even noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> October 18th, never noticed that it was on the calendar until it was, you know, a little more closer to home. So, um, so hopefully whether you are watching this on October 18th or afterward. Uh, we encourage you to ask questions in your own organization. 
have your own set of uh, courage and, you know, your own pride around this part of life. Join some of your, your female colleagues perhaps as well in starting to make some of the movement to influence your own space and sphere. So until the next time, uh, thank you for listening and joining us today, and we'll see you next time here on The Checkup. Take good care.